As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Okay, think with me for a moment about all the people who take oaths, oaths about something. Let's give it up for those who have taken an oath, police officers, law enforcement who take an oath to serve and protect. protect. Come on, let's praise the Lord for them. How about this? How about those in the armed forces? We got anybody in the armed forces here that was in the armed forces? How about what the oath that they took? To do what? To defend our Constitution and to support the Constitution against all enemies, whether foreign or domestic. Let's give it up. I don't want to leave this class of people out. And they've all taken an oath. They put their hand on a Bible. They take an oath. All of our politicians for lying and stealing and cheating. Let's go ahead and give it up for them. Oh, is that only the ones in Illinois? The governor's here. Yes. Oh, that's too painful and close, yes. How about this, for all those who ever, have you ever had to do this where you took, uh, you got on the witness stand and you said, you know, I will tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's an oath. How about this, let's give it up for this girl who took an oath. Take a look at the screen, Caitlin Clark. She took an oath to be the best female basketball player, college basketball player ever. People are like, what is this going on right now? When you score 75%, you're involved with assists and points of 75% of your team's scoring in the final four, and you've scored over 40 points. This girl is amazing. Are you kidding me? Come on, am I the only one that's excited? I would not bet against her today. I'm telling you right now, she has taken an oath that I will be the best of the best when it comes to college female athletes. And she is, man. But what about us? All of us here in the church, what oath do we take as followers of God, as committed, genuine followers of Christ? What's the oath that we take? So glad you asked. That's what I want to talk to you about. Grab your Limitless Guides. We're closing out the series today. Limitless Guides, page 38. We're going to look at Joshua chapter 24. If you're new with us, joining us today, maybe you're joining us online, so thankful for all those who haven't made it back from spring break yet. We have. We're here today. I hope to see you on Easter, yes, and Good Friday. But the truth is this, that, that we've been walking through this book of Joshua and we've been identifying the characteristics of a growing and a maturing faith. And so the title of this series is Faith Without Borders. If you're new or just started coming the last couple weeks, we want you to know we're about moving forward and growing in our faith. And so each week we're identifying characteristics. This week you can see, title of the message, Genuine Faith. And so what's it look like for us to have a genuine, real faith in God? Some people say it, but they don't do it. Some people think it, but they don't live it. Power of the Holy Spirit can change us, amen? And we want that to, to show up in every area of our life. And so I want to give you four C words that I think you'll see the concepts in Joshua 24 and those are going to give rise to the oath that they took as followers of God. 
and as we take as followers of Christ. Everybody understand? That was very weak. Everybody understand? That's where we're heading. So I'm gonna jump right in. We've already prayed. Let's take a look at the first thing is this, our confession. We will serve the Lord. Go ahead and write that down on page 39 in your books. We will serve the Lord. And we get that from verse 14. If you look at page 38, and it says, now therefore, and Joshua's telling the people, fear the Lord. That means have a reverential awe and respect for him, just like what we did in worship. Wasn't the worship good? Man, it's good. Yeah, let's praise the Lord. It's good stuff. Fear the Lord. And then there it is. Circle it right in your text. Serve him. So serve him, that serve, it's actually, you'll find it 21 times the word serve is used in Joshua chapter 24. Counted them up. 16 of them are right here in this chapter. 21 times in the book, excuse me, 16 in the chapter. Seven in these two verses. It's all about serving him. That's the confession that we make. I will serve the Lord. But the question is how? And so the text answers it. It says two words, with sincerity and with faithfulness. So sincerity meaning with my whole heart, with honesty, with transparency, with genuineness, because I got a genuine faith. And with faithfulness means I ain't going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to bail before the ministry year's done. I'm going to follow through my commitment to serve. And I want to help grow the kingdom and so faithfulness is just, it's not some flash in the pan. It's, it's not some fad that goes out of style like bell bottoms. I, well, I guess they're back. <laughs> but your service didn't go out of style for 10, 15, 20 years, even though you didn't have the time, even though you were busy in that season. You didn't wait for later. It, it, it's now. I'm going to serve him with sincerity. I'm going to serve him with faithfulness. And so that's what was happening. But something got in the way of their service. It can kind of get in the way of ours. Grant me some liberty. What got in the way of theirs? Well, we're reading right through the text. Some gods, some small g gods got in the way. The gods of their fathers. So they allowed some gods, some, they were worshiping and serving some idols of stone and some idols of wood. And, and what other people, the rest of the world was doing, they let that influence them. Boy, does that sound familiar? The world's gods are different than the one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one we serve. And, and so how does it relate to us? I don't think you're bowing down to an idol. But we do have idols in the heart. And the reason I know that is because the scriptures say it over a thousand times. Yep, got that right. 66 books in the Bible, a thousand times it says that we have idols that we serve instead of the one true God? Yep. That's what gets in the way of our confession. And so we've always defined an idol around here as anything that puts Jesus second. I'm a pretty simple guy. I, I need a simple definition. Anything in your life that puts Jesus second is an idol. First John, last verse in the book. Beware of idols. They get in the way. And so an idol is anything that puts God second in your life. And so that could be a good thing or a bad thing. We always say it like this, that, that a good thing becomes a bad thing when it crowds out the best thing. And so these things can get in the way. 
And so I'm so thankful for the commitment to the confession to serve here at High Point. Do you realize that across all of our locations, we have nearly 600 people that serve a month? Come on, let's praise the Lord. 600 people in a variety of capacities, uh, nearly 275 in our children's and our student ministries that they're helping to what? To, to foster the next generation and doubling down in the discipleship of our kids. I and mean, we've got about 130 per month that serve in the care centers, feeding our communities because yes, High Point cares. We got over 130 adults serving in small group or discipleship ministries. Can we praise the Lord for the service to his kingdom? And so I could go on and on, thankful for those that are serving behind the scenes even right now for this service to go on, that, that, that there's so many that are serving and I'm so thankful to all who have committed to serving here. And so each of you who do that, you're saying what it says in verse 15, you're like, Joshua, you're just like this, but it's for me and my house. Hey, I know what you're going to do, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Serving him is such an important thing. That's our confession. Second C word is, hinted at it, our commitment. So what's our commitment? Well, this one is an easy one, but it gets oftentimes we blow it. We will remember the Lord. And so I got to remember the good things that he's done, his grace and goodness. And that triggers, as I remember what he's done in the rearview mirror, it allows me to see clearly through the windshield of where he's going. And so I love this because Joshua, he says, follow along in the text, he says at the end of verse 15, me and my house will serve the Lord. And then look what happens in verse 16. Then the people answered. So it's kind of like this thing back and forth. So they step up and, and look what they say because they say three things about remembering the Lord. Three specifics that we can learn from. The people answered, far be it for us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. No, nope, we're not doing that anymore for it's the Lord our God who brought us out and our fathers up from the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. They are remembering that they were in bondage in Egypt. And God freed them from bondage. That's why they're remembering how the Lord delivered them. They're remembering how the Lord saved them. I mean, do you see it? And, and so don't miss it. Please don't miss this. Book of Joshua. Really important theological underpinning. Application for each of us is that just as they are possessing the land, they've been freed from the bondage of Egypt and they've gone out into what? And they're about ready, standing on the edge of the promised land. And so we've been freed from the bondage of sin in Christ. Wow, this is a really dead crowd. <laughs> we've been freed from the bondage of sin in Christ. You know what? I was getting real nervous that maybe I was the only one. But isn't it true? That's, I mean, could we forget that? I think sometimes when we're flipping around on stuff and looking at stuff we shouldn't, we might forget. When we're doing things that we know aren't the best, we're not remembering the sacrifice that's been paid. And, and man, it happened to them too. And then the second thing is we remember, look what they did. They remember how the Lord provided for them. And I love this because if you know um, the, the text here, and for some who brought in the up in the church, you know Joshua and the book and where it's going. For others like me, maybe you weren't, so let me give you the, don't miss this. 
They were freed, but the people wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Remember that? And so they wandered, and they weren't permitted to enter the promised land. And so Joshua's the one that's finally getting them there. And that's why it says, and who did these great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went? They, they remembered that the Lord provided for them. So I don't want to do a test, but how did the Lord provide for them as they wandered in the wilderness? Anybody remember? He brought something down from heaven. What was it? It was the manna. And it was the manna that they got to eat and they got tired of it and they got complaining. And isn't it true of us? God provides blessing. And when you get it, you're like, yeah. And then we kind of take advantage of it. We forget it. But then I love this one. Remember what God did with the sandals? Anybody know this? He, it says that, that their, their shoes never wore out. Now that's always amazed me, especially in our day as I look at some shoes right now. And I look at some shoes, not that are worn out, but I'm just thinking, we got two of them right here in the front. The pastors, they always got the best shoes. We better check on these guys. But do you know that the Nike Trailblazer is the number one shoe for this new generation? Do you realize that? These two old guys are trying to be in style right now. <laughs> and so I know what to wear and what not. I'm not going backwards, but I owned a pair of Nike Trailblazers in the early 80s when they came out. Oh Lord, why didn't I just keep those? And why did they have to wear out and for 40 to 50 years? And now that I would have them and I would be the talk of the town like Pastor Craig and CJR. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, how did he do that? He, he provided and, and their shoes never wore out. And, and he provides for us. And, and so the last thing that they remember is that he protects us. And, and so this is the difficult one because it says, and the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites, all their enemies. But for those that may have a study Bible or you read a little bit about the book of Joshua, you know that they failed to drive out all the peoples. Do you realize that? So chapters, we didn't get to all this. We're looking at the book. We didn't study chapters eight through 23. And yes, God gave them the land but they failed to do that all that God wanted. They didn't drive out the foreign gods. And the, why? Because these, God wanted them driven out because they were worshiping them. And these were gods that were demanding that they would do child sacrifices and all kinds of horrible things. And, and the people just gravitated to what the culture did. And they lost their moral compass and standard. Boy, this sounds familiar. Is that what's happening now that, that we can kind of not drive out all those idols of the heart. And so unfortunately here, they, they failed to do it, but God still blessed them. And so he provided and protected them. And so these are the things, these are the things that the Lord did. He delivered, he provided, he protected. And so, as I've said, as we look in the rear view mirror of what he's done, it gives us a clear windshield to look through of where he's taking us. So we've already done it. Pastor Craig already turned in the book, but let me go ahead and turn to pages four and five for a moment in your limitless guide. I don't hear any pages turning but mine. <laughs> pages four and five. And, and so, um, you know, I want to I show you what it says. This is 100% this is engagement on page four. And so we're in this 24-month halfway point is this series. 24-month, halfway generosity journey. And so we said at the beginning of this, for those online, new, catching up here, listen, this is what we said. We said, 
We want 100% engagement that everyone would step up and grow in generosity. And that was the number one goal. And people didn't believe us. They're like, no, you're all about mission advancement. It's the four buckets on page five. Yes, I am. I want to take the next hill. But if we take the next hill and advance the mission without growing in generosity, then it's a fail. Do you understand that? It's a fail. Because then we didn't drive out the small G's and we still got idols in our heart. And, and, and so we want 100% engagement. By the end of the service, you've got a card. We're going to ask for a response. Some of you came prepared. Some of you are like, what is happening? I think I'm going to leave. <laughs> Ushers are locking the doors so you can't. <laughs> Don't turn away, young channel. But, but honestly, that, like, that, like we just want to we we see the Lord work. We want to see the Lord move. And, and so we're going to give you a little bit of clarity on what that's going to do as we're going to respond at the end. But either there's new people who want to jump on with what God is doing. You'll get an opportunity. There's people like me and so many faces I see who have already committed to the journey. And, and, and you're like, hey, let's finish strong. And then there's, there's those who have committed. And like Jody and I, we've been praying, is there something additional that you would have us do? And so we want everybody to fill out a car. I already filled out a card. Why do I have to fill out a new one? Would you just stop it, please? I'll get to it. We want everybody so that we can all see as God takes us because it's about 100% engagement. And so that's where we're headed. So next C word, good stuff? It's our conversion. And so this is my favorite one. Because think about your conversion. That's the time when you came to Christ. And again, the, how does this relate to the book of Joshua? They were looking forward to the Messiah. The land is a picture of the blessing that we have inherited in heaven. It starts right now. God wants us to expand his kingdom. Page six and seven. What he's done, where we're headed. And so what is this talking about? It's like, I want to grow in my maturity, in my faith. I want to use all my time, talents, and treasure for the advancement of God's kingdom in my own heart, the advancement of his kingdom in my family's heart, the advancement of his kingdom in the influence in your neighborhood. He's deposited you in relationships where you can have an influence for God's kingdom. Did you realize that? He has sovereignly placed you in neighborhoods, at jobs, in workplaces, at schools, in this church. The, the, what can we do together? And so look at, the, look at how it goes back and forth. Look back at the text. And you can see, what, it, it's kind of funny what happens next. So, so do you catch it? Like, like Joshua's like, me and my house, I will serve the Lord. The people are like, we'll serve the Lord too. And then Joshua, he doubles down and he says, Joshua says, you're not able to serve the Lord. Talk about a downer. It's like, what, what, what do you mean? And he says, well, I'm not sure. The Lord's holy, he's jealous, and I'm not sure if he's gonna forgive everything you're doing because you know what you're doing is pretty bad, and, and you're gonna turn back to those idols, and, and I just don't know, and, and you know, sin, he's gonna consume you, he's gonna harm you, and because sin, well, it brings consequences. And, 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 and then the people are like, no, no! It'd be just like you all were to rise up. No, we'll serve the Lord. Isn't this funny? Am I the only one that sees the humor here? He's just like baiting them, you know, and he's playing mind games with them. I, I think he's my, like my mom. Jeez, 
just kind of get you to think something. And anybody have a mom that was a manipulator? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> she could get me to do anything with a smile. I know there's moms in here like that. But Josh was like, he's just playing with them a little bit to see if they're really going to commit. Because isn't it true when we're talking about an oath, it's less about we, what we say and more about what we do. That, that's an oath. It isn't about what the words you say. It's about the words that result in action. And so he wants them to use their time, talents, and treasure. Ooh, interesting emphasis. Everything. And he wants us to use our time, talents, and treasure. So I'm going to slow down, and I'm going to teach you about what I've learned over the last 25 years. I'm not doing a message. I'm opening up my journal to you. These are the things that God has taught me to become generous. I wasn't always generous with my treasure. And so it took a while. Some of you know I came to Christ in my late 20s, and Jody and I have been on a journey through our 30s and our 40s, and I, I, when, I, when I get to my 50s, I'll see. But, but we've learned a lot. And so I just want to share my heart and teach you what I've learned. And so these are the six things that drive me. You guys know I'm a Bible guy. And so these are the verses that I would just say, let them drive you. And if you're not there yet, hey, it's okay. Never gave into the church before. You're not online, oh, what's going on? Just, just hold on. Because God wants to speak to you about this. And so the first thing is this, six reasons why I give. Well, I give because the Bible teaches it. That, that's what the Bible teaches. And this is a driving verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. It says, each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly. That means I'm not going to twist your arm. Craig's not going to twist your arm. That, that what? Because God loves a cheerful giver. And so that's the first thing. Second thing, this is really important. This is the one that unlocked it for me several years ago, several years ago. And, and what it is, is God models it. And so all I really need to say is, is that God gave us his son. I mean, that's everything. For God so loved the world, he gave us his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should inherit eternal. I mean, that should be enough. But look what God did. He modeled it. I, I love this verse in Psalm 24. It says, the earth is the Lord, and everything in it. And so the shirt on your back, the car in your driveway, the house that you live in, those kids that you're raising, I mean, they've all been given to you on consignment. And so, I don't know, just for me, that really helped me to see that, no, it's not mine. And so some of us are like, yeah, with what my kid's going through right now, I'd like to give them back for a season. <laughs> me too, been there. But, but God's given to, him, to you for a season, and God gives you. So we're just really, we're not really an owner. We're, we're just a steward of all that he's given us. Doesn't that make sense? And when we understand that, when I understood it, it, it just, I, like, it, it, I went from this to this. Anybody agree? I, I can see it now. You just see it. And so the third thing, we've got to get through this. The third thing is I give generously because God commands it. I don't want to back away from that. I mean, God commands it in his word, and there's so many places to turn, but I love this one. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 is one of my favorites for a couple of reasons. First, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce. That means stop giving God the leftover pizza in your fridge. He doesn't like leftovers. He wants the first cut. You get the pizza pie, and whether you 
or a lose guy or some other kind of pizza? Uh, let's just vote real one. Who likes Giordano's? Raise your hand with Craig. Now, who likes lose with the rest of me? Yes, let's praise the Lord for his divine movement in today's service. And so, Craig, uh, you're eating the wrong pizza, but... But, but when you open up the Giordano's or Lou's or whatever you open up, whatever pizza box, the first piece doesn't go to you. I mean, spice it up for the Lord. He likes red hot peppers. And, and then just you give it to him. He, 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 he is first and, and the best. And so some of us are just giving, his, giving him his leftovers because of the choices that we made that drive us that, that, that we can't do it because we're tied to a mortgage, we're tied to a school bill, we're tied to a, like we just gotta get out of that trap. And so why? Well, this is why I love this verse. It says, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Now, I have no idea what a vat is, but I'm kind of digging the wine thing. Anybody? <laughs> it's like, whoa, that, that's a blessing. And you're gonna see that again. And then, and then let's look at, is this helpful? I give generously because God multiplies it. Like, I wonder how many people in this section, this feels like the mature section today, sorry. But, but I wonder how many people would say, I gave and, 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 and God multiplied it. Would you, have you seen that? And, and, and maybe it wasn't he multiplied it in, in money. I'm not saying, okay, guys, well, fill out the commitment card, grab your commitment card, we've put them on a chair, and just put a number in there, and then walk out to your mailbox tomorrow at around three o'clock, and you will receive the check for the exact same amount. <laughs> I'm not a TV preacher. I'm not saying that. But I gotta be honest. How many people have received an abundance of blessing when they gave? And sometimes it's not financially. Sometimes it's like you go on the missions trip and you come back. Anybody been there? You go on a missions trip, you come back and you're like, whoa, I didn't do anything and I came back with more and those people have nothing and I have everything and, and they gave to me, I didn't give to them. Some of us need to get on a missions trip. And, I mean, what an what a important thing. Why? God multiplies. So God's gonna take what we give. He's gonna multiply it. It's the fish and the loaves that he fed everyone. We want to advance the kingdom. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for, the, for food will supply and multiply your seed, what you give, and, and what? To sowing increase the harvest of your righteousness. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a game changer when you think of it this way. And then the next one, just, you know, these are verses out of my journal. This is a whole second message. After going through it, I'm like, why did I give the first message? I should give this as a message sometime. But, but this is what I've learned. And, and so... I give generously because God uses it. And this is what I was just talking about. Look at the scripture to provide it. The missions trip example. You feel like you didn't hardly do anything and you received. Why? Because whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And, and the one who waters will himself or herself be watered. So when I give, there's something that happens, this divine transaction where God grows me and he matures me. And next, I give generously because God blesses it. And so you, you thought, he's not going there. He's not gonna do it. He's not gonna go to Malachi. He's not gonna go to Malachi. He won't. Yes, I will. And for those Italians in the room, I know you, you say Malachi. It's not Malachi. I thought that for a long time. I see some Italians are like, really? I, I thought it was Malachi. I, I, I just like, okay, see, see I, got, I gotta get you laughing because look what it says. And, and you, oh, he's not gonna go there. Yes, I am because I wrestled with it and I want you to. 
And if you haven't, you need to bring the full tithe in the storehouse. Uh, okay, smart section. What's the tithe? 10%. Great job, Adam. Let's praise God for a youth pastor who knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so thankful for that. Just getting a little nervous over here. That's why I came. That side, oh God, help me with those guys. 10%. Now, 10% is what it says. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Not 7%, not 8%, not 9%, 10%. Now, I don't want your email. I don't want to go out to lunch with you. I don't want to talk about this subject. And when you tell me that the Bible doesn't teach it, in the Old Testament does, in the New Testament it doesn't. Please save me from that lunch. I've had many of them with people that are a lot younger than me. And this is what I always say. We're not saying it's God. We're not saying the New Testament and Jesus. I know he didn't say 10%. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that Jesus gave everything. And walk through the pages of the New Testament for a moment and see that they gave everything, their whole lives, their property, everything. And so I always just teach that what? The 10% isn't an ending place, it's a starting place. Agree? 10% is a starting place. And if you're like, whoa, I don't even know, just slow down. I'm, I'm telling you what I've learned over 30 years. Just get on the bus, man. And, and God will get it going and he's going to provide blessing and he's going to teach you and he's going to show up. I mean, it's so important to see this. And then, yep, I'm going there because the Bible does into the storehouse. Here's a smart section with some pastors. What's the storehouse? Oh boy, help me. Let's go to another row. <laughs> the storehouse is where they brought the stuff, the local stuff. So they brought it to the local temple. Storehouse for us is what? We got maturity right here. It's the local church. And so, so that's the storehouse. Isn't it interesting? It says bring the full tithe into the local storehouse. So when we're talking about a starting place, not an ending place, the 10%, could you imagine what God could do if people did that? Could you imagine? Well, how do you know they're not? Well, because the medium income in this area is $75,000. And that means $7,500. And that means there's, I don't know, about 1,500 givers in the church. Just do the math on the budget. It's, it's not that. And so again, I'm not trying to be a guilt trip. I'm just saying, I've learned some things. And so I give because God blesses it. But this is the best part of the verse. And thereby, it says, put me to the test. Okay, I hesitate to do this because I am getting older. But how many people remember who Robert Conrad is? I know some people do here. Anybody? Robert Conrad, there was a, Google it. He put a battery on his shoulder and he's like, go ahead and knock it off. And he was just this tough guy. You're like, whoa, I'm not doing that. And, and so he was challenging you. God's, how about Clint Eastwood? Is that more helpful? <laughs> Make my day. That, that's the test. This is the only time in the entire Bible God says, put me to the test. You say, my, my day, man, come on, knock it off. Try it. And then look what it says, the blessing. This is why I can't ignore it. it, it, it preachers who don't do this, they're, they're robbing their church. And you know why most preachers don't do it? Anybody? Because they're not doing it. They're not doing it. That's why they don't have authority about talking about it. Because they haven't experienced it. I'm just telling you, man, I was in the business world for eight years, became a Christian, I've experienced it. And, and I believe that what? That 
It says, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there's no more need. And just for a little fun for your Bible study along with mine, if you keep reading in Malachi, <laughs> what it says next is it says, and, and I, will, I will deliver you from the one, he's talking about the evil one, who will devour you. And so I wonder how many Christians today are not receiving the protection from God because they aren't faithful in this area in their life. Just asking. Oh, that's kind of harsh. I'm just a Bible guy. I'm just telling you what it says. And so here's what we've learned. Here's the sixth thing. Spent a little more time than I wanted. If Jody was here, we'd stand on the stage and we'd say, that's, that's it. Can't outgive God. What we would say is that, you know what, I'd rather have 90% of my income with God than 100% without him. And then somebody's thinking, oh, I gotta fill out this card. I don't know. I mean, is this before tax or after tax? What do you think this section, before tax or after tax is the tithe, huh? Before, before thank you. Well, why not after? Well, do you want pre-tax blessing or after tax? <laughs> you, you choose. You, you get choose what you want. Last C. We ready? We having fun? Last C is this. It's It's conviction. And so my conviction, the reason that all this is so important to me and what I'm driving to is because I love the Lord. And so my oath is that I will love the Lord. And look at how Joshua sends him out in the verses. So he writes this stuff down so that we can have it. Aren't you happy? Isn't that awesome? God preserved it for us. And we know the story so we can look in the rearview mirror. And, and then he says, and then this is what's funny about Joshua. He, he, he does this, he, he, he's like, he, he builds another monument. Like, it's all he's doing is building monuments. Remember in Joshua 4, hey, get those six stones. Hey, you guys go get those six stones. Hey, you go get these. I mean, everywhere you look, there's a monument. And, but why? Because he, he wants to remember. And we gave these stones to remember. Remember what the Lord's done in our church. We gave them away when we studied Joshua chapter five, 4. We we, we gave this away when we studied Joshua chapter two. We gave a red cord. And this red cord was symbolic of um, what Rahab did. And, and, and she put it in her window. And that's what she was believing God for, for saving her family. And so I got this in my car to believe God for what he's gonna do in my family, what he's gonna do in our church family. And, and so for the next 12 months, I'm just, you know, got that going. So I'm believing God for some things. What are you believing God for? Maybe it's for divine healing. Maybe it's for divine protection. Maybe it's for the save uh, a lost loved one or a friend that they would take a step closer to God. Hey, Easter's here, man. Invite him next week. Gonna be amazing. So he builds another monument. And then look what I highlighted. He sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. And, and so they were to enjoy what God had blessed them with. And so that's what we're to do. So we're to take an oath. And so this is the oath. I turned it. And so instead of the oath being about us, let it be about me. So if we could put that on the screen, that would be awesome. If we have the oath with the, the can we put the last slide up, please, with the I and the we's, and I'll just read it. Put an out, something that has an outline on it for me. Well, I'll just do it myself. Um, 
isn't it funny that I've already done this two times and I don't even remember? There it is. <laughs> but, but this is my confession. This is my commitment. This is my conversion. This is my conviction. So you gotta turn it from the we to the me. And, and if you don't do that, then we're not gonna have 100% engagement and then we're not gonna all benefit. So, so that's what's important. So I've already told you, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna review this card so you can take a look at it. Do not start filling it out, put your pen away. I want you to fill it out by the end and give it and put it in the offering bag. For those online, we have some people in the chat that can help you. We also have it you know, available so that you can see it on the website. And so in a moment, I want, you to, I want you to take some time to pray and to fill this out. You say, well, I already did one. We're asking that you would do it again. And I'll show you in a minute why. Look, it says, I am new to Limitless. If you're brand new, we're so thankful that you're stepping on and learning what God's gonna teach you about giving back to the local church. And you can see you check a box and you would put what your 12-month commitment is. Everybody see that? Everyone see that? And then in the middle, it says, I'm already committed to Litmus, and I'm so thankful as I look at the eyes of so many people who have made that commitment. And, and so it's saying to put your commitment down, the two-year one that you already did. And, and then it said, and, and at the midpoint, this is now, I, I'm either gonna confirm it because I, I wanna you know, I'm gonna finish strong or, or I'm gonna increase it. And, and, and that's what I want you to take some time to think about. Maybe the Lord's taking, calling you to take an extra step of faith based on his Holy Spirit and what he's teaching you now. And then you're gonna fill out and you're gonna put it in the offering. But before we do that, I want you to take a look at this video and just look at what other people are doing and then Pastor Craig's gonna come up and he's gonna lead us. Take a look at the video. The enormity of what High Point is trying to do here moving forward is actually very little to what God is capable of doing. He's so far beyond what we could imagine or even think of or dream of, of, of reaching other places. He wants to go beyond that. We have a vision to reach people that do not know Christ, to make heaven different than what it is now because of our effort of limitless faith. As a church, if we're all on the same page on this limitless journey, we can't even imagine how it will affect our community and the world. We never would have gotten here without him doing something in us first and changing our hearts and waiting for us to trust him and his endless patience with us. It has given us an opportunity to talk to our kids about what it means to give to the Lord, really helping them, them crystallize these, these values of tithing and, and generosity. God wants your heart, he doesn't want your money, he doesn't need your money. Sometimes you have to depend on God and know that he'll equip you. But at the end of the day, when you take that step of faith, God multiplies it and he does more than we could think he would ever do with it. We don't want money to be ever something that we're holding on to as something that's truly valuable. The only thing that lasts is anything that's built for the kingdom. God has no limits and I don't think he's gonna put a limit on me. 
in my generosity, in my giving, and my being able to love others well. You won't regret what you do. You'll always regret what you don't do. God wants to use you now. He wants to change what heaven looks like through your hands now. Instead of walking around with our hands like this or like this, we're just kind of, our hands are open and we're just, Lord, just take it. There have been times where I have asked Jeremy, are we giving too much? Thankfully, his answer is no. We felt called to do this, and even when it's hard, we're gonna stick with our commitment. Just trust him. You know, it's really just all about mm. trusting him. You know, he's God, he owns everything. It's all his, your life is his. Why wouldn't you want to trust him? We're all in with Jesus. So if we're all in with Jesus, we're all in with our church home. And so Limitless was another way um, for us to be to be all in. Be bold in your faith. And if you've lived it like I have, with borders, tear them down. And, and I can tell you that if you do that, it will change your life because it's done it for me.